you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 145, if you would, if you've got a Bible there. If you don't, we got the words that uh, they'll be on the screen as we read through uh, the psalm this morning. I was thinking uh, in our days of, of quarantine here that it would be good that we would trust the words of James 4.8 that says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so my prayer is that as we start this drawing near series apart from each other, that we will actually end it all together while we're all here. Uh, we're keeping a close eye on the guidelines that they're starting to put out about, about coming back to life uh, out in the open, getting back together. And so we're going to be working on putting together a plan to be together. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I just, I don't know if you saw it, but I think I saw the light at the end of the tunnel, you know. Um, so that's coming, but, but it won't be the same as it was before uh, when we get back together. There'll be some things that we have to do, I'm um, pretty sure, to, to be able to be safe and, and keep each other healthy. So as soon as we get our together plan together, we will let you know when and we will let you know how. And I'm sure there'll be a sign-up sheet for it. <laughs> so a uh, question for you as we get started um, have you ever been in the presence of greatness? Have you ever been in the presence of greatness? Now, I was thinking about that question this week, and, and you know, it, it kind of went crazy in my mind. You know, first of all, what is great? What is greatness? I think that definition can vary. And then you start thinking about all the different areas of life uh, where you might find greatness. Uh, so, for instance, in sports, I mean, that's a big part of our culture, you know, so you think about about uh, basketball, you know, you got Michael Jordan and you got Kobe Bryant. Uh, football, you got Peyton Manning and Walter Payton. Uh, golf, you got Tiger Woods and Arnold Palmer. I think the, all of those athletes would qualify uh, for the definition of greatness in their sports. Uh, you got politics. And I had to go back a ways to find some common ground here, but Abraham Lincoln. And, and George Washington, you know, back a ways. Uh, you got music, uh, the greatness in music. Elvis Presley, the Beatles, Madonna. Yeah, I know. Don't shout me down. Acting, you got Tom Hanks, Betty White. Amen. Church history, you got Billy Graham, you got D.L. Moody. So, you know, lots of different areas of life to think about greatness. You get the idea. Lots of greatness can be seen and lots of different opinions about who is, who is great. Well, pick a person that you would, that you would like to be uh, in a room with for an hour, someone you, you would consider to be great. In fact, think of them just, you know, they walk right into your living room today. They'll stay six feet away from you, and you'll have a, be able to have a conversation with them for an hour. Um, now, the greater you perceive them to be, the harder that conversation is going to go because you're going to be in awe 
of them. Can you think of somebody like that? That just being in their presence renders you speechless. Well, that is the emotion that we want to get in touch with today as we think about drawing near to God this morning. See, all of the greatness that we, that we perceive and all the people in, in all of history and all the areas of life, they, it all comes from one source. And that is Yahweh, the Almighty God. You see, He is the image and we are the image bearers. He is the creator and we are the creation who have been made in His image. Now, a problem that we have is that we've sort of emptied the word greatness of meaning when it comes to God, believe it or not. And I think that'd be a really good problem to try to solve in the times that we are living today. Um, Try to recover that. I mean, we know that God is great in our heads, but I believe our hearts lag in believing it. I mean, just think about what we're going through. We're in the midst of, of this pandemic and And at any time in our lives, our hearts need to believe in the greatness of God because since the last time we were together, um, our problems have become exponentially greater in just a very short amount of time. I mean, there is a killer virus on the loose. 20 million Americans are without a job right now. The fear and the worry of getting sick or getting someone else sick and not knowing it is higher than it has ever been in our lifetimes. Abuse of just about every form has spiked physical, emotional, sexual, uh, drug and alcohol abuse. All of that has just risen so dramatically in the last 30 days as people are trying to find ways to cope with what we're living in. The call to the suicide prevention line has spiked 60% on average every day. 34% more people are going for the anti-anxiety medicine. All in the last few weeks. All of the plans on our calendars that we had, they are all up in the air. Um, There's nothing there that we can count on. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives. And the question this morning is, is your God big enough to handle these big problems in your life? Is he great enough? Now, we know what the answer to that question is. We know the answer to that question is yes. But do we actually believe that answer? And a lot of the way that you believe that is depends on your personal experience with God and your faith in him and where he's led you and how you have encountered his greatness. Psalm 145 is a psalm about the greatness of God. And so we want to use that and ask the Lord to help us grow in our sense of his bigness, his greatness in our lives this morning. So let's pray right now and ask him. Uh, to do that for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, come to you today. Um, We are thankful, thankful for um, this time that we have to look into your word, to look into your greatness, uh, to draw near to you. We do uh, think about our week and where we have been this week and all of the, the news and all the way that life is different and all the different struggles and trials that 
are happening either in people, people's lives that we know or in our lives. And we realize, Lord, we need you so badly. And so, Lord, it's my hope today that as we, as we look at your greatness, that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts, that just as we sing that you'd rekindle a fire in us, that you would cause us to believe like little children looking up at their father, asking for help. Because it, it is true today that you're, you're greater than any greatness that we could ever imagine. So Lord, draw us near as we look at your word. Use it in our lives. Draw those that are far from you today. As your love for them is great. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in verses uh, 1 to 7, uh, they kind of speak about um, how we should live or what we should do um, if, if we know the greatness of God. It's, it, it is a greatness that we should declare. Let's read that. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness they will sing with joy about your righteousness. So in those verses, David writes about four different kinds of ways to declare the greatness of God. We exalt him, we praise him, we speak of him, and we proclaim him. Now, declaring God's greatness involves a few things. It involves our lungs, it involves our minds, and it involves our mouth. So our lungs, they sort of give the volume to our declaring, uh, which in my opinion is always better when we do it loudly and we do it when we're all together. I mean, isn't that what we are missing right now? You know, besides being able to see each other's faces and in each other's company, are, are we not missing our declaring the praises of God together? I mean, you're getting a message in your home, which is much more comfortable than these chairs that we sit in. You know, and so you're getting this message over the wire. I can give that to you just like you were here. Um, but we cannot corporately declare God's praises together. And we're missing that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Pastor Randy's version of, you know, how great is the Lord God. But it would be better, right, if they were here. You were here declaring it with us together. So your mouth. Your mouth is what you use to get the declaration out, you know, the physical act of exalting, of proclaiming, of speaking. And so not all of the declaring that we do is shouting and singing, you know, with a, with a loud volume. We, we also want to speak of God's greatness, and so we do that in conversation. And the psalm there reminds us to do that with our children, the next generation, especially with them, because they don't know God. So when was the last time you had a declaring conversation with your children. 
When was the last time you did that? What? I, I'm sure I heard one of you say, well, we don't have any children. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Well, disciple maker, no problem. It is the will of God for your life to share your spiritual life, what you know about God, his greatness with someone else, a spiritual child. And so if that person doesn't exist in your life, here's exactly what you need to do as soon as we get loose of our bonds. Go about finding that person to share your life of faith with, someone who doesn't know. It is exactly what God wants you to do with the rest of your life, however long that is. Tell the next generation about the greatness of God, your children, your family, and also your spiritual family. Is that true? Somebody say amen. Say it. Yes. I know you said it. I'm trusting. (laughs) So we use our lungs for volume. We use our mouth to get the declaring out. We use our mind to get the content. The content for what comes out of our mouth. David says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. The Bible is the best source of information when it comes to God's majestic, glorious splendor and his wonderful miracles, um, his awe-inspiring deeds. And so if you're lacking content for your declaring, you should go back to the Bible and meditate on what it says about your great God. I'm going to do that right now. Exodus 15 There's a song in Exodus 15 that is being sung by Moses um, after they have been uh, rescued from the Egyptian army, after they've come through uh, the Red Sea. And so they are just singing about the greatness of God. So listen to these words. I mean, this is good stuff here. This is worth the price of admission today, right here. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and army he has hurled into the sea. The finest of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters gushed over them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, smashes the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow those who rise against you. You unleash your blazing fury. It consumes them like straw. At the blast of your breath, the waters piled up. They sur- the surging waters stood straight like a wall. In the heart of the sea, the deep waters became hard. The enemy boasted, I will chase them and catch up with them. I will plunder them and consume them. I will flash my sword. My powerful hand will destroy them. But you blew your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord, glorious in holiness, awesome in splendor, performing great wonders? Who is like you? You raised your right hand and the earth swallowed our enemies. With your unfailing love, you lead the people you have redeemed. In your might, you guide them to your sacred home. Hey, 
the stories are true. The God that Moses and his people sang about there, that is your God. The same God, Yahweh, a mighty warrior. With his breath, he can stand up the waters of the sea in a wall and make them hard to give passageway for his people to escape death. And with his breath, he can cause those waters to crash down on their enemies. If he can do that, he can keep you through a pandemic. He can. So we meditate on the wondrous works of God in his word. Um, It gives us content in our minds to declare the greatness of God. Now, we can also meditate on our own history with God. So remember, remember, remember how the Lord got your attention. Remember how he led you to hear the gospel and gave you faith to believe in Jesus Remember your story. Remember how he changed your life, how he rescued you, how he provided for you, how he protected you, how he changed your life. Remember. Meditate on it. It is your personal God story that God will use to do what David says in verse 6, to proclaim his greatness. Now, proclaiming has a little bit different sense than the rest of them. Proclaiming has this sense that I am shouting out my personal experience with God's greatness into the doubt and disbelief of the world. So I'm shining out light into the darkness when I share about my personal experience with a great God. Now, if you're going to do that, you want to prepare yourself. You want to prepare yourself to be called a fool. You want to prepare yourself to be heard. Hey, would you be quiet? But we can't be quiet. Because there's people in the dark that when they see the light, they don't run away from it. They run toward it. They're actually called into God's presence with our testimony of his greatness. And as David said, everyone begins to sing with joy about the greatness of God. So how great is your God? How great is He? Do you know Him? Do you know it deep down in your heart? Can you meditate on the wondrous works of God in your life? His great mercy, His great power, His great love and compassion. Does your heart know these things? Do you have that personal experience with the greatness of God? If you do... Declare it every day. If you don't, hang with me, because I'm going to give you a way to get there. And you'll be able to draw near with us here in a moment. So in verses 8 to 13, David shares some things about God that tell us his is a greatness that can be trusted. So back in Psalm 145, verses 8 to 13. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All your works will thank you, Lord. 
and your follower and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. So there's some more beautiful words about who our God is. He is merciful, not cruel. He is compassionate, not hard-hearted. He is patient, not quick-tempered. He is full of faithful love, not fickle feelings. That is who our God is. He's good to everyone, not just people who love him back or do what he says. He pours out his grace on the whole world. And because that's who he is, gratitude flows from his creation and his followers praise him. We speak of his glorious dominion, his rule and reign, and we give evidence, examples from our lives of his power. We tell of God's kingdom, his mighty works, his foreverness. So that's who God is. And what happens when we experience his goodness? It's what David's writing about. But when we don't perceive his goodness in our life, then our faith butts up against a big problem. If God is so great and God is so good, why have there been almost 160,000 people in the last two months die from a virus? Now that is a very good question with not a very good answer. And it's in between that question and answer where, where we feel the tension of what we believe and who we believe in. Is God really great? Can God be trusted if he is allowing this to happen? And when that suffering, when that pain comes to our home, the questions get even greater. And the desperation for answers become even more desperate. God, if you love me, why would you allow this to happen to me? God, I cried out, where were you? Why didn't you help? Why didn't you show up? Those are normal questions for human beings trying to deal with a painful world. And we live in a painful world full of suffering and death. And when it comes into our lives, it can cause us to question who God is. And it can cause us to not believe in his greatness and from running to him, to, from drawing near to him. So our cries to him become complaints. And it's sort of like we cop this attitude that, you know, we know better than God and we sort of stand above him, looking down on him and saying, hey, if I was in charge, I'd be doing this thing differently here. But there's another way. There's another way to live under God's rule and reign. Instead of looking down on him with our complaints, we continue to look up to him in faith 
with a lament. You know, God doesn't expect us to just live through this time of suffering, you know, with a fake smile on our face, fake joy, you know, as we watch people suffer, as we watch them die, as we watch, you know, the world go crazy. doesn't expect that at all. He wants to hear from us about what we're feeling, what we are struggling with. But he wants to hear that through our faith of looking up to him as a loving, good, great father. Psalm 22 is a prophetic psalm of lament that David wrote, and it actually describes some of Jesus' experience on the cross, what he was going through. I just want to read part of that to you. Verses 1 to 8, Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you don't answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I'm a worm, not a man. I'm scorned and despised by all. Everyone who seeks me mocks me. They sneer and they shake their heads saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Now those words still have a a looking up posture to them. But they're telling God like it is. He's crying out. Where are you, God? He's asking why. He tells God about his pain, but he never rises above God to look down on him and say, this should be how it is. He's lamenting. He's continuing to trust in his greatness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his compassion. And listen to how he ends up in that psalm in verses 22 to 24. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. I think that is so often what we refer to as the sacrifice of praise. You know, even when life is painful, even when it's not going like we would want it to go, um, when we're hurting, when we're alone, when we're facing death, um, when we're lost, we still declare the greatness of God. So this morning, if your circumstances are difficult, if, if, the, if life is not like you would want it to be, if you're suffering, if you're sick, if you're hungry, if you're alone, if you're broke, if you're broken, don't give up on God. Keep looking up to Him. Don't give up on His love. Don't forget about His goodness to you. His greatness can be trusted His ways are higher than our ways. And he's working all of this together for our good somehow. You want to use Paul's words, the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 
to feed your faith, to help you through this time of struggle. It says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that we cannot see. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. God's greatness can be trusted. He is love. He is full of compassion and he does everything for our good. Don't let your pain move you to looking down on the one who can take your tears and water the seeds of good in your life. Trust him. Don't let your suffering cause you to become hard against God. Turn to him. Draw near to him. He is a great God. Now the psalm ends with an invitation in in verses 14 to 21. An invitation of sorts. Uh, And it's an invitation to personally count on God to be great in your life. And so his is a greatness that we can know. So let's read those verses. Verses 14 to 21. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. So David's description of God's care for people gets gets personal there. It goes down to this personal level. I mean, you think we don't fall as a people group. We fall as individuals. You know, we don't go through life. um, We all have a, a burden to carry. We all carry a burden ourselves individually. We each one get hungry and thirsty. And so just like a good father cares for his children, wants to feed them, wants to protect them, wants to provide for them, so our God wants to do for us. See, God is not too great to be involved in your life. He's not too great. You are the uh, apple of his eye. (laughs) You are known to him As his beloved. You. You are the joy in his heart. You're made in his image. And he loves you with an everlasting love. When you cry, he collects those tears. When you fall, he reaches down to pick you back up. It's why Paul told us in Philippians 4.8 to not worry about anything, but to pray about everything. And a little later in that chapter, in verse 19, he said, And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches in Christ Jesus. He can say that because he knows 
the greatness of God. Don't worry about anything. Just pray about everything and trust. Now, to experience that, you don't have to be Paul. To know the greatness of God, you have to turn to him by faith and trust him for your own personal needs. And when you do that, he comes through for you. Then you know personally that God is good and that God is great. And it can happen in just the smallest ways. (laughs) Just the smallest ways. Seven years ago in April, I was doing my first mission trip in India. So everything was new. It was like I was was on a movie set most of the time. And so Pastor Maquan, my shepherd, when we go to Israel, um, he and I had been traveling. We traveled all night in a car, uh, so no sleeping really, just, you know, tough travel. And uh, so we we are on our way to a town called Surat, which is a town like the size of Chicago, you know, that big, big town. And uh, we're going to a house church meeting uh, where the people in the church were inviting Hindus to come hear us uh, share about God. And uh, I'll just confess, I was tired. I was weary. Um, you know, I was just, you know, I was anxious about preaching to Hindus. You know, there was just all this stuff going on inside of me. Um, and on the way, uh, when we got to Surat, I'm like, you know, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? And Pastor Maquan says, well, we have to go to the hospital first so I can pray for a baby. And, and, and my heart just sank. And I was just like, Lord. I don't want to go to the hospital. I just want to go get this meeting over with. And so I'm kind of, well, I'm complaining. I'm complaining. I'm not lamenting. I'm complaining. And so I get, I get out of the car and I'm like, God, I could really use a cup of coffee. Now, if you know anything about India, you know that India is a land of tea. <laughs> they drink tea. You go into a house and they offer you tea. And I love their tea. Don't get me wrong. It's great. But I was really wanting some coffee. And so we go to the hospital and we go up to the room where we're talking to the family. And in walks the nurse and she's got two cups with her. And she hands them to me. And it wasn't tea. It was coffee. And so I just sort of backed up from the little conversation and sat down in a chair and cried a little bit. And asked God to forgive my attitude And I prayed that prayer. God is great. God is good. Thank you, God, for this coffee. And I can personally declare the the greatness of God. I love telling that story. (laughs) Some people, they hear it and they just cannot believe. They won't believe because of suffering, because of doubts, because... Of real life, they won't believe that God brought me that coffee. I mean, they they look at the COVID nineteen numbers and they, in their heart, they say, "Where is God in that?" I can tell you where He is. He is in the details. He is in the numbers. Except to Him, they aren't numbers. They're people with families who are suffering, and He's helping them. In ways that they don't even know. He's supporting them. Ministering to them. Carrying them. My wife Lori sent me a video this week. 
Um, it's a testimony about how God is working in one of those numbers. Is <laughs> a guy who uh, lives in Ireland, and he's a pastor of a church. He was fighting COVID-19. He's in the hospital. I want you to hear how God's greatness showed up in the middle of his suffering. So let's watch Pastor Lee McClelland. Thank you, God, for prawn cocktail chips. That must be some chip. <laughs> I want that, you know. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't bring you to tears, I, I don't know what will. What a beautiful story of God's love for that man. And the thing is, the same God who met Pastor Lee there in his hospital room, who listened to those childlike prayers for chips and a Coke and gave him the desires of his heart, that same God wants to know you. He wants you to know his greatness and declare it every day in your life. God is capable. God cares and God cares for you. So that's who we're going to draw near to as we go through these weeks of difficult days of a quarantine. How do you do it? How do you get to know him? Well, you just turn to him by faith. You know, there's an open door that he's op- he's, he's opened the door for he, for you to go through, to be in, a, in, in his room, to come to his feet, sit down there, and have a conversation in truth with him. That open door is his son Jesus. You see, Jesus came and he, he brought God's greatness to us and became a man. And he put God's greatness in human form. The Bible says that he is the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact imprint of his nature. And so he came into our world of suffering and he showed us how to live in this world of suffering. And then he suffered for us on a cross so that our sins could be taken away, so they could be forgiven And we could go into that room and be with God. You know, I know we celebrated Easter last week. You know, that victory over the grave, the empty tomb. But you know what? In church, every Sunday is Easter Sunday. Because Jesus is alive. He is is alive and calling you today to believe in him. to, To come to his father by way of who he is and what he's done for you. He loves you and he wants to be in your life. And so we're going to draw near to God's presence here in prayer to wrap up our service today. You know, every single one of us who comes into God's presence, who comes into that room, comes through the door of Jesus Christ. Because we've believed in who he is. We believe that his sacrifice on the cross has taken our sins away. And we know he is alive because he's come into our life and he's changed us. And now he walks with us and talks with us. If you don't know him like that, today you can do, you can know him. You can turn to him by faith. You just ask him this morning as we go into this room to take you by the hand and lead you to God. And he will. 
He will remove your sins from your life as far as the east is from the west. Your conscience will be clean before God. And you'll be able to sit there in truth and talk to a great God. And so let's go through the door right now. Wherever you are. And we're going to go into God's room. So would you, where you are, I'm going to trust that you can do this, that you'll do this. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. And let's, let's draw near to God together. Jesus, we're, we're here wanting to come close to our Heavenly Father. And we ask you, Lord, this morning just to take us by the hand there and to lead us in to his presence. We come in because of you. We can feel that gap between God's greatness and who we are. But lead us in, Jesus. Take us by the hand today. And draw us close. Forgive us, Lord, for the ways that we have fallen short. As Randy reminded us today, your words be perfect. As I am perfect. How? An impossible command except for you. So we, we come in to this awesome God's presence today because you lead us there. Thank you, Jesus. You don't dust us off. You don't ask us to clean up. You just lead us in. When we're there, we look down and look at our clothes and all of a sudden we're white as snow. Your blood has been poured out and washed us, taken away all those bumps and bruises, mistakes and messes. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we're sitting here in your presence, looking up to you, believing in your love in your mercy, in your goodness, your compassion, your greatness. We're fixing our eyes on you today, the one with who with their breath, with your breath, stood up a sea so your people could walk through in safety. That's the God we're, we're talking to right now. A great and awesome, powerful, almighty God. And in that presence, we can't hardly fathom that you care about us. You care about every tear that we cry, every worry, every fear. 
You told us in your word that all of the hairs of our head are numbered. You said, look at the birds of the air. They don't fall out of the sky because they're hungry. Because you care for them. And are we not more important than the birds? Father, give us the faith that we need to believe in your bigness, in your greatness. As we look at our world and it's it's a mess. There's trouble. There's sickness. Sin is on the rise. The enemy seems to be having a heyday right now. All around us. There's nothing that we can do to stop it. We need you to be great today. Great in our, in our hearts. Great in our lives. Great in our homes. Great in our neighborhood. Great at our jobs. His school. Great in the hospitals. Great in the stores where we shop. We need you to be great. Lord, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for not casting us aside when we don't measure up, when we worry and fret. Thank you, Lord, for picking us up when we fall, for feeding us when we're hungry, giving us something to drink when we're thirsty. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who's making us new. Thank you for drawing us near. Heavenly Father, I just just want to continue this to lift you up, to praise you, to worship you. And Father, this that you are the great God, the one and only great God. Yeah. And Father, as, as as we looked into your word and it, it asked us to meditate back to this the great things that you have done in our lives. And Lord Father, I I look back and and this to see the day that you brought me to have a relationship with you. And Father, that two of those people that you used are in this room with me today. And how you used Randy and Linda to work in my life to help me realize that I needed you as my Lord and Savior. And I praise you for that, Lord. And Father, I pray as we just continue to look into our lives and 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 not only there that that you brought a godly woman into my life that this gave me strength to continue on to to love and to serve you lord father
And Lord, Father, I pray if there's one today who has received you uh, through this message today, Lord, Father, that you would just continue to work in their lives, that you would let us know how we can help them to strengthen them, to disciple them, Lord, Father. And as we go through this time, we know that you are in control. We know that that you are doing something in the backgrounds that we're not aware of. And that your great love, your great your greatness will be shown upon this, Lord Father. And we give you that praise, Lord Father. We lift you up. And Father, I pray for our church family and uh, I miss seeing them. And I pray for the day that we will be able to be back into this room together, uh, fellowshipping with each other, worshiping with each other, and uh, and our worship would just be lifted up to you. And uh, and Lord Father, I pray for that day. We thank you and we give you the praise for this day, and uh, for it's in Jesus Christ's name that I pray. Amen.